Hey dorks, just a quick message reminding you to head over to twitch.tv slash mindgappodcast and give us a follow. We live stream when we record our new podcast episodes and we're live streaming video game sessions on Saturday nights at 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time. We're playing super rad stuff like Among Us, Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes, Jackbox Games, and Tabletop Simulator. Come hang out and play along with us. That's twitch.tv slash mindgappodcast. Mind Gap Podcast. Welcome to Mind Gap Podcast. I'm Doug. I'm Justin. And joining us this week, all the way across the vast wastes of America to the Italy of the Midwest, is the wonderful human and talented musician, Austin Reno. Hey, gang. <laughs> hey, gang. Hey, gang. <laughs> uh, we're so excited to have Austin here. We got a lot of stuff to get into. But first things first, uh, let's get some of this housekeeping shit out of the way. Number one, if you don't already, listen to us on on Spotify. I almost said podcasts. Listen to us on podcasts. But Spotify specifically, anywhere else you hear your podcast, but check us out on Spotify. Number two, join our Discord community. Do it. Join it. Be a part of it. Come hang out with us. Come play games with us. Come talk shit with us. Come post memes. Come talk about D&D. Whatever the hell you want. Come join our Discord community, the MindGap Discord community. We'd love to have you. Third, check out our merch on redbubble.com. Head on over there. Support the podcast. Get something cozy. Get something cool. Get your mugs. Get your pillows. Get your hoodies. Get your blankies. Get your backpacks. Whatever you want. You can find it at redbubble.com. Just search Minecap. And last but not least, if you don't already know, we do a live stream video game stream every Saturday, 8 p.m. Central. <laughs> at twitch.tv slash mindgetpodcast. I was robbed of the opportunity to play I Love You, Colonel Sanders, the finger-licking good dating simulator last Saturday for Valentine's Day. I got screwed because my upload speed was a whopping 400 kilobytes a second. And I had to Doug just... had himself primed and ready to go. You have no idea. I did something cool with the lights. I had a costume. It was a whole ordeal, and I was robbed of it. I'm debating whether I'm going to do it again this Saturday or if we're going to play Stick Fight the Game. But stay tuned. We'll let you know. That's this Saturday, 8 p.m. Central, twitch.tv slash podcast. Woo! World record. We covered that. We're done. Austin, you, sir, (laughs) are here, and we're happy to have you. I'm happy to be here. (laughs) I'm glad. I'm glad you're happy to be here. Thank you for um, having me. I'd love to just, you know, I mentioned you're a musician at the top of the show. I'd love for you to give an opportunity to kind of plug whatever you got. We'll do it again at the other end. But like, if people, you want people to hear your music, follow you. Where can they find you? Where can they hear you? Yeah. So everything is at Austin Reno, A U S T E N R E N O. All couple albums are on spotify apple music everything um that's also you know my social media i've got a bunch of stuff on soundcloud if you search my name somewhere on something you'll probably find something (laughs) 
and I encourage people to do that. Very cool. Search my name. I encourage you. <laughs> Google me. Google, Google me. me. I like um, it. I, I listened to uh, your album uh, today on YouTube, and uh, I have to say, get ready for some compliments. <laughs> um, it was really good, man. It was really, really good. Uh, I, I really enjoyed how diverse all your songs were. Like, it was... It, it was as chill. It felt like just listening to some chill hop at times. And then there was something that was a little bluesy. There was something that was like a little hip hop. There was, it was great. It was really, really good. I was very impressed. Um, and I just want to congratulate you. It was sounded really, really good. So congratulations. Yeah. Like you make Thank some, you. you make good stuff, man. It was really, really you good. You got range you. too, which is, I feel like that's the key to longevity in the, in the business is being able to, you got to find your voice, but you also have to be able to adapt and try new things, which it sounds like you have no problem doing. Thank you. Uh, I'm trying to, it, it seems like every album I make, it ends up being a slew of different, you know, types of genres and stuff. Cause I can't really hone in on something. I'm that I, I don't think I've really found the, the spot, sweet spot quite yet, but um, you know, and, and that could be a challenge all its own, but it, makes for an interesting album listen i suppose if nothing else i mean if you can have an acoustic song and then it jumps into a uber pop song and then there's a rap song and blah 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 i mean hopefully it keeps the listener's attention span honed in on the record anyway so yeah i i was very impressed and uh uh i wouldn't say i'm a music snob i just have very specific interests justin knows this like you're a snob uh, I'm not a snob. I, I was a I was a I'm dick growing I'm up. Joking. I was a real dick growing up. Where I was just Were like, really? this isn't the genre I like beer." I was like, "Get that out of my face!" Uh, but I have like a, a much larger appreciation as I've gotten older for other things. Where I can I, I can look at it and listen to something like I don't like that, but I can really genuinely appreciate it. Like it's not my cup of tea, but I'm like, it's impressive. Like I can enjoy it. Versus yeah. like, <laughs> you know, something like last night we were like. You know, I uh, forget what we were looking for, but Justin pulled up one yeah. of my favorite bands, Goldfinger, and it was like the first couple drum beats. I was like, "Oh, I love this song! It's Goldfinger." He goes, "How did you know that?" I was like, "This that was my, that was my album growing up." Like, and I just went to this beautiful place where I was just like, "Yeah, yeah." Oh, I, yeah, I was. I, uh, pop punk is kind of like my 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 heart and soul all the way through Blink One Eighty Two and me too, yeah, things okay. like that. Like that's that's my jam. Uh, just okay. recently got turned on to uh, what I learned was a, a another Grand Rapids band, Hot Mulligan. Uh, huge fan of those guys. Now just recently so found them. They're from the UP. Oh, the UP. Like, I'm sorry, I failed. They're from the middle of the no. I think so. Now they like live everywhere. Mm -hmm. Those are my buddies, so I can talk about them but like oh. they live they live all over the place but they're most of the original members are all the way up from the up like middle of nowhere mm -hmm. it's crazy i can't, and I can't remember <laughs> yeah I, I i stumbled across their video uh equipped sunglasses and yeah. i fell in love with them immediately and i bought that album and i've listened to it like non-stop for months it's like so good dude it's, it's so good. good like i was just yeah. like i mentioned it to noah and Noah was like, oh, Hot Mulligan? He's like, you know them? Uh, you like them? I'm like, yeah, I fucking love them. They're the best. Like, before yeah. Twitch got really uh, anal, as they should have been, about playing music on streams, I would start the stream off with one of their songs with Equip Sunglasses oh, because yeah. I was a big fan. You can't, uh, you can't play music? Like, what? I mean, here's the thing. 
This is a great question, Austin. Uh, you know, let's say I'm on here playing games. I'm just playing your album in the background on my stream. I don't have your permission and I'm just playing it, you know? And if I get paid ad revenue and you don't, it's kind of shitty. I mean, technically if I'm playing it off Spotify, I'm giving you plays and stuff like that, but it's not licensed. And uh, the problem well, is- I tell you I don't care. That's cool. We would probably have to have some sort of agreement in writing that I could then yeah. submit to uh, Twitch to be like, he said it was cool that I do that. Um, you know, uh, we could do that, but uh, you know, it's it's one of those things where people were just playing for hours at a time with Spotify playing in the background, and these artists are like, hey, yo, whoa, 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 you kids can't play my music. Like record labels, like whoa, 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 no, 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 you just can't do that. And Twitch was actively going like, you should play Spotify during your streams. It's great. It's a great listener experience. And of course, the wave of litigation came crashing down. And then people were like, hey, you have to delete your uh, your VODs. You have to delete your previous stuff because it's playing music or they have a bot in here that will mute the music if you're playing it. Uh, so they've gotten a little more uh, crunchy with it, which they probably should have from the start. Um, so yeah, that that's that's a thing that exists. But uh, yeah, it's very interesting how that all came crashing down. But um, but yeah, I, I'm a, I really enjoyed like the stuff that you write and that you're doing and I just, want to say hey keep it up man you're doing you're doing great work i really appreciate it cue fart noise <laughs> justin there we go so um in the vein of that not necessarily the he, fart but austin real wields the power tonight i'm just putting that out there <laughs> um so uh you have a family history of music you come from a lineage of musicians <clears throat> is that correct that is correct um, in particular, I think you have uh, someone in your family that was known for like a pretty famous song from way back in the day that involved some banjos. Is that about right? That's the one. <laughs> if, if you're if you want to hear if you want to hear the ilk uh, or the cloth that uh, Austin is cut from. Wait for it. <laughs> what? What? Dude, and then the bass dropped, and then it was like, <laughs> That is one thing. They should probably sample bluegrass music more in modern rap beats I'm... and like EDM stuff. You know what I'm saying? I would love to Dude, see it. I'd love to hear be, it. That would be awesome. Because imagine, imagine taking that up with a sick a beat. Bit. Like, that would be really, really cool. That would be yeah. fucking awesome if someone would do that. Who <laughs> yeah. did it a little bit? Avicii did that, like, a little bit with those, like, okay. two popular songs. That, no, wake me up when it's all over. Like, yeah, they had, like, yeah, two yeah. songs where they had, or maybe they had more, but the two that were on the radio were kind of, like, had that, like, folky, bluegrassy, like, totally. samples to them. But... But yeah, I think it'd be interesting to see somebody do that. Yeah, that, yeah. I, would, I would love, I love kind of hearing those different things, you know, just how people can pull them in and, and work with them. I think that'd be really cool. So that was your grandfather, am I correct? Like, what's the story behind that, behind that, behind that song, behind, behind the dueling banjos? So a man named Arthur Smith was a colleague of my grandfather's 
Um, and so Don Reno and Arthur Smith together had Arthur Smith. I don't know as much about like his history. I don't know like all of my own family history, but um, <laughs> Don Reno and Arthur Smith got together and wrote the song Feuding Banjos. Um, and then however much time that passed later, uh, un unknowingly to Don Reno that that song would become famous, he sold all of the rights to that song to Arthur Smith for something like $75 or something. It was back in like the 40s when that was yeah. like $1,000 or something. So yeah, sold the rights to the song. And then, um, and I guess it made its big like reappearance in that movie. Deliverance. Uh, yeah, yeah. So that's... That's that, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. So feuding banjos became dueling banjos, and yes. uh, and your grandfather's like, you motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> Whole family is. We're just like, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what was it like? Like, So, I mean, is music was music pretty prevalent for you growing up, like in your family? It's it's It sounds like it runs pretty strong, you know, just like the force is strong with the Skywalkers. The, the, yes. for the music is strong with the Renos. Yeah. But does yeah, it skip so... a generation like Jedis? <laughs> uh, well, hopefully I'm not the generation that it is currently skipping. So <laughs> find out. <laughs> <laughs> but uh so on my my mom's side um the reason why my mom and dad had initially met was because of music and so my mom was a, a singer and a country singer and her dad is actually in the country music hall of fame so Whoa. my my grandpa jerry schaefer was like a country musician he was like the hometown hero local guy would like go down to nashville and do records and stuff um, and so music came from both sides and it was all backwoods, country, bluegrass, like music like that. But so it came from both sides. So, I mean, there's, there was always music in the house and instruments in the house. And I mean, it's just kind of something that if you're in that environment, that's what you're going to learn how to do, like no matter what. So that's awesome. I, yeah. I love that. That's really cool. Um, I grew up like my mom really wanted me to play the piano, which I enjoyed for a while. And then I kind of got into sports, but I always enjoyed playing music. I played trumpet in high school. I taught myself to play the guitar, a little bit of bass, a little bit of drums, but it was always a hobby. It wasn't something that I ever really truly understood. Like music theory is just, it's lost on me. Oh, I just boy, be like, too. I'm like, I can play power chords and I just move them in certain <laughs> patterns in certain you know ways. And that sounds good to me. Like I don't yep. If you're like, hey, we're in G sharp, I'm like, I don't know what that means, but I can do this. Like that's that's how I know how to play, how I know yeah. how to play stuff. But I have no idea how that stuff works at all. I was lucky when we when we were in high school. I was in a band in high school as well, and I was this very same where I was like, I can I can do you know cowboy chords and I can I can play rhythm guitar all day, but I don't know the the ins and outs. But I was in a band with someone we've had on the podcast before, uh, Bob Ballmeyer. And he is a music major. Uh, so he went, you know, he music theory just came to him even at a young age. So I was lucky because I would always approach him. I'd be like, hey, how about this? Here's an idea I have. And he would just take it and run. And I'm like, perfect. <laughs> I can, <laughs> I can feed best. you and you can make it a thing. <laughs> no, straight up. That's the best. Because like, I don't know anything about music theory either. Like I've got no yeah. clue. 
I know I know the basic chords on the guitar and stuff, and I can piddle around on a piano. I can play the drums, but I have no idea what any of it means with paradiddle. <laughs> right. People talk about that, so I have no idea. Mm-hmm. But uh, I've got one of my best friends he, uh, is a saxophone player, and he was like all throughout high school. He was, you know, the marching band leader and like all this stuff. Like kids, crazy. And uh, we would make music together, and I would be like, "Yo, like I'm hearing this thing. It goes like da da da," and he'd be like, "That doesn't make any sense." And I would like play it on the guitar, having no idea what the note was or like what the chord was, and he would be like, yeah. "Oh yeah, that's what this is, and this is like how you're supposed to use it, and this is what should go next," and blah blah blah. And it was like having a friend who knows music theory is like two thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> the best. It's the best. Yeah. Is, is, did he play sax on your uh, most recent album? Uh, yeah, he did actually. Yeah, that was I mean, awesome. Uh, ice cubes in my bourbon. Yeah, yeah. I heard some. Yeah. I heard some saxophone there. I'm like, man, Austin yeah. is hitting everything in this. This is oh, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I don't play saxophone, but shout out to Jake Bartell. That's that's my guy. That was awesome. That was that's so cool. awesome. Yeah, yeah. The, when I was listening to that, I couldn't figure out at first. I was like, did he use MIDI to just kind of like emulate? But then the runs in between the notes were too smooth. I'm like, that's got to be a real sax. I don't know if he plays. If he does. Fuck this guy because it's too <laughs> too good. I wish, dude. I've tried. I've tried picking up like a saxophone or a trumpet, and it's just nah. Yeah. can't do it. it. Hurts my cheeks too. Oh yeah. Oh man. I remember like after taking a break from playing trumpet for one, going back like it's like just the muscles. I'm like, ah, oh, yeah. my face yeah. hurts. I can't do ever, it anymore. Did you ever split your lip? I played trumpet too in high school, and if oh, you, I did in the winter time. If you didn't keep your lips chapped and you had to play, man, those your lips just like split right in the center. Oh, it was so yeah. Beautiful. And I remember all the band kids had this like crazy special <laughs> chapstick that they use yeah 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 what? And, just... and rubber rubber mouthpieces when you're in marching band in the winter smart because we, we had kids who didn't use the rubber mouthpiece and they they would put their thing down but they would their lip would come down with the trumpet and we we're like uh oh, gotta go see oh, the, the christmas story situation going on that's exactly yeah. it <laughs> You know, you know what's wild to me is one of the most filthy places in a school is the band room floor because oh God, as people are so playing, gross. they just empty out their spit. Like, as I remember, like playing trumpet, and it starts like if you don't empty out the spit, it starts going as you're playing. Like, oh, hold on! And then I just push the lever and just and blow, and just spit yep. would pour out into the ground. There'd just be big puddles, and I never thought anything of it. I'm like, wait, does anyone ever clean this up? This is fucking disgusting. Ours was carpeted. Oh what? <laughs> what? Do you think? Do you think there's the special regulations for that now? Like, oh, without a doubt. <laughs> like they, everybody That's has their own like individual attachment like cup that like. <laughs> there's like a biohazard. There's a biohazard waste on, bin. On each row, there's a trough that runs around the the chairs and. It just drains out into the uh, into the swimming pool <laughs> and the cafeteria where you go and get your fresh water. You know, <laughs> this is flavored water. Oh, that brought me back. Just everyone's like, <laughs> yeah, just hearing oh. the spit at the ground. I was like, oh god. It always awful. had such a unique smell in that room. It did. It was very weird. Yeah. It was a very weird smell. <laughs> but uh, back to music theory. Um, I, I went to grad school for music business because I wanted to be a producer, and I quickly learned that I'm not good at that. But I remember one of the things that I took away was the instructor was like, the reason why music theory is so important is because you need to be able to speak the same language as everyone else. And when you told your story, Austin, 
about your friend and you're like, you know, there's this thing. He's like, I don't understand what you're doing. If people have the ability to be like, oh, I think it's in this key and it goes like this, that people can come together and, and speak the same language very quickly. Whereas I'm like, they're like, hey, we're in this key. I'm like, I don't know what that means. You know, yeah. like this, that doesn't help. And um, that always intimidated me because I was like, I don't understand how this stuff works. So I, I was always terrified to jam with anybody because I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. I just play stuff. Yeah. No, and, I totally yeah. feel that. And that's that's a super, like, real uh, fear when you don't know, like, music theory, things like that. Because, I mean, I still get like that. Like, if my uh, if I'm at my dad's house and he's got buddies over and they're doing, if they're picking, they call it, when they jam, they're picking. <laughs> when, they're do, when they're doing that, it's like, uh, they're like, all right, we're going to do this, this, this. I'm just like, okay, I know, like, C, G, D, and, like, whatever, but... There's also, it's like when you go to a, a like if you were going to be a studio musician, you were going to go to a studio, it's not like you have to have extensive music theory, but they have like, they'll basically just give you a chart and you need to know like what that chart means so you can play the music yeah. with the band. And it's like, that's kind of like how you said, it's it's the language of it and just like knowing how to speak in, in those, you know, words. <laughs> no, that makes sense. Because, like, especially for, like, studio musicians, right? Because they're like, hey, I have this thing I want to do. Here's this sheet music. They're like, cool, I got it. And they can play it. And they know Being how to do it. a studio musician yeah. is probably one of the most terrifying jobs I can think of. Because you've got to be, like, not only, you got to be ready for anyone to walk through the door and be able to match their style, match their genre, match their, like, just be yeah. so, like, pliable and ready to just be, like, like just fit into whatever needs to happen. I, I cannot imagine a more high stress job. And if you're the one who fucks the take up, <laughs> you know, well, and, and, no. and I think that like most of the people that walk through the door aren't like superstars, you know? So it's yeah, going to be, yeah. it's going to be people that have, that saved up $2,000 to like get a record recorded and they're just excited to have to like be in a studio and have somebody that's right. good on their record and stuff. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, if, you know, if, if you mess it up, it's on you, but yeah, no, I, uh, when I was in grad school, I, I took a producing class and it was, you know, the first part of it was production was all about how to record. And one of the guys, like he was a touring musician with Cindy Lauper and other stuff like that like he knew he knew his shit inside and out and he talked about how uh he was producing something for a band once and it was like a speed metal and this guy on the guitar kept fucking up his guitar solo and this guy this producer got so mad he's like give me the guitar and he just did it he just played it for him he's like there we get that we're moving on like he just he played oh, yeah. it for this guy he played this guy's song for him he's like god damn it let's just go <laughs> No, that definitely that happens. That <laughs> happens all the time. It's like, uh, and and we've we've like when I was in the band, we've been in this in like a real studio and stuff. I do all my own music at home or whatever. But uh, yeah, I mean sometimes the if it if a, a take is taking too long, eventually the engineer will just be like, dude, just let me do it. <laughs> 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 and like that's just how it is. So. That's hilarious. So uh, <laughs> you've you've been on tour and things like that, right? Yeah. What's yeah, uh, lots of places? What's it like uh, going on tour? Um, gosh, it's kind of like camping, but uh, you're just like, honestly, probably it might be dirtier than camping. 
<laughs> no, it's like it's. I mean, it's it's the most fun you can ever have. It's you're traveling to a different city every single day, um, and you're spending time with your best friends, and you're meeting new people all the time, and you're trying new food, and um, you're having plenty of beer, and uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just. I mean, it's a lot of fun. You sleep like the majority of the tours that we went on, we were sleeping in people's houses that were just putting us up. Um, yeah. A lot of the a lot of the shows we played were in people's basements, um, so it's kind of just like the classic picture of of a small <laughs> band going on a DIY tour, you know, just mm -hmm. no money, just going and playing shows, and you know, fifteen kids in the crowd, and sometimes you have thirty, sometimes you have forty, sometimes there's two. Mm -hmm. We've kind of seen seen all of it. Yeah. Would you like what? what would be more desirable for you uh playing like uh, a month of shows in like your hometown to a decent crowd or being able to play to smaller crowds but going out on tour and like going around the midwest or something like that even though there it's not a guaranteed big crowd every night it's yeah. diverse touring for sure it's yeah. just like as as a personal experience, it's so much more fun, honestly. Um, and yeah, I don't know. It's it's just it's it's pretty crazy. I mean, some of the, the people you run into and the people you meet and the like stories you hear and stuff, and like some of the other bands that you get to play with and hear their music and see. Like, I I feel like I've made some of like my best friends just off bands that we just like played shows with on tour or, you know so definitely touring even if there's nobody there it's it's still way more fun <laughs> that's really cool i only played i don't know three or four shows shows when i was in high school i was in a cover band and so um and that was pretty cool like those were some pretty amazing moments i can't imagine like i always said this like you kind of catch some of these moments here and there in these stores and stuff but i feel like one of the coolest moments like being in a band or being in a musician is the time you play a song and the crowd sings the song back to you like that oh, yeah. would have to be probably one of the coolest moments ever. We were just like sitting there and like crowds just singing the song. And like, <laughs> yeah, no, it's the best. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that hasn't happened too often for mm -hmm. our band, but it happened. Always, you know, always Michigan shows, the local shows, but it is like three or four times good crowd, people singing your stuff and getting hype. It's pretty, pretty cool. That's really cool. So uh, that, go ahead, Justin. I was going to say, that's just something that I, I, I still remember uh, that feeling of just being on stage, like that feeling of walking on stage, even though it's been how 15 years or so since, uh, you know, since high school, got a little bit in improv. Doug, when you and I were doing that, but like yeah. just that, that there's nothing that matches that adrenaline when you yeah. walk out on stage and you hit that first note, my God, it's just, yeah. Yeah, no, it's true that the adrenaline's crazy. Um, and it like, it never goes away either. I, I just, <laughs> yeah. uh, just counted the other day cause I was curious, but while we were a band, we did, I want to say 130 shows wow. total um Damn. or anything like that but like no every single time like every single day or show it was it was like super nervous 
to start and then as soon as you start yeah. it's fine and then you just spaz out and have fun for an hour <laughs> absolutely yeah oh, kind of yeah. like this show. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good point Keep like I, noise. yeah this, you, see austin's got a feel for it man he knows when those moments are supposed <laughs> to happen i love it um i i yeah there's something about performing that is super special like yeah. it's you know those times like i've always enjoyed it to some degree which is you know i consider this a little bit of performing too just i've always just enjoyed sort of putting it out you know putting out some sort of thing and you're right like when justin and i would do improv it's like cool we're about to go play make-believe on stage and when you're it's it you know when it's bad it's bad but when it's good <laughs> oh man is it good like when you could do right. something make something up on the spot and you get people to laugh yeah and you're like oh so tell that. me about this tell me about this like world of improv like is there like do you are, are, I, I don't know do you do you is there is, is it kind of like a show where like a crowd shows up to watch improv basically and then there's just like a group because i know like a lot of comics start with improv and stuff too right and yeah yeah it's kind of a mix some do improv some just go straight to stand up um but really what it is is it's uh you kind of have established rules of we're always going to agree like Justin's going to come out and be like, oh, man, it's hot outside. And I'm going to be like, no, it's raining. Um, you know, I'm not going to shit on his idea. I'm going to acknowledge it. And I'm going to build on it. And we're going to listen. And together, we're going to each give something as we're going in a scene. And no matter how wild or crazy it goes, we're going to keep doing it together. And hopefully it'll be funny. It doesn't necessarily have to be. But it's just a matter of trusting someone else uh, to come out and just help you build something and be creative and it's for me it's one of the most creative and freeing things to do just to basically be like i'm gonna put an idea out there and no one's gonna shut it down like right. no matter what and yeah we've played a lot of shitty improv shows uh because we were amateurs uh but we had a couple uh that were real bangers you know we had some really good moments and when those things are when you're on fire and you're feeling it and the crowd's yeah. feeling it you're like holy shit i see why people chase this dragon i get it yeah but to cool. to what you're you were asking, I think too is that it, it is very much like a like a rock concert where you would like you do have an audience that comes to the show, and if it's a big enough improv group, they're coming to see that group. Stuff that Doug and I w used to be in, uh, it would be like a series of like it'd be like a, a showcase of the bands where you've got like four or five bands that play that night. You'd have four or five improv groups that would come out, leading up to the ones that had the most experience. And each one would do their own thing. And there was some interaction with the audience, but you were doing it for a paying audience mostly. Mm -hmm. So is there yeah. like a, there's like an improv scene, like how there's like a punk scene in music. So like if, if, if uh, you know, three lads wanted to start an improv group, they start going to shows and getting involved in the scene. They could just like book improv shows with other improv groups. Yeah. That's actually a really great Absolutely. analogy. Of yeah. that's typically how it happened. A group of people would be like, "Hey, Yo. I like playing with you," and they're like, "Yeah, me too." And then a group would form, and then they'd be like, "Yeah, we're a group." And then they would just be like, "See if they can host their own shows or hop on at other shows," and they'd perform, and it was yeah. pretty wild. That's dope. <laughs> hey man, it's a whole cool. little ecosystem. It was really cool. It was really cool. I missed it. I was thinking about that. I think earlier today, I was like, "Ah, I wonder." I would be rusty to pick it up, but a part of me was like, "I'd love to pick it up again." I miss it. Yeah, I definitely miss. It. This helps feed that where Justin and I essentially just, you know, fuck around all the time. Yeah, which is really yeah. great. Um, we have a, we have a question from the Twitch audience that said, "What is your favorite cover song to play, Austin?" 
So the from the five, four or five years that we were a band, uh, we only did, I think, we only covered a song at like four of those shows. In the beginning, so in the beginning, we did um, a, a song by the Wonder Years. Uh, oh, yes. It's uh, <laughs> it's the one where he's talking about stale beer and sweat. In a, oh, coming out swinging. Come out swinging. Yeah, okay. So ah! we, played, we played Came Out Swinging a few times. Um, we played Dreams by Fleetwood Mac one time uh, in, the, in Chicago. And that was terrible. We nice. never did it. <laughs> <laughs> but at Bloodfest in Michigan, our whole promo for this festival that we were running with, we even got a cameo from Bam Margera to promote it. Ooh. So we were doing like a Tony Hawk's pro skater like promo theme. We mm-hmm. even had a nice. VHS tape with our music videos hidden in the venue for someone to go find. Wow. Right? This it's is all James Caster's cool. idea. Credit where credit's due. But anyway, we covered uh, 96 Quite Bitter Beings by CKY at that oh! show. That was so <laughs> nice. funny. So probably that was the favorite one. I, that We had didn't really do a whole lot of covers, but that was probably the favorite, the CKY song. That's awesome. <laughs> Kudos for doing a Wonder Years song, too. Much respect. I love that band. One of my favorites. Of I love course, that show. Of course. Of course you love the show. Justin. The, one, the Wonder <laughs> Years are a great band. Yeah, absolutely love them. Um, oh, I kind of hopped on when uh, The Greatest Generation, that was when I hopped in. I really like that record a lot. I went to see Yellow Card at the House of Blues in Chicago, and the Wonder Years were opening for them. And I immediately was like, what's this? And uh, they played Washington Square Park, and the place went nuts. And I was like, oh, cool. And then I did the same thing like... Uh, um, the Greatest Generation came out. And that album like just floored me. Like, still one of my favorite albums of all time. Absolutely incredible. And uh, that I just like, I was like, this this guy, uh, Soupy Campbell, s- sings to my soul in every way, yeah. shape, or form. And then I went to the back catalog, which was just full of great stuff too. I was like, yeah, that's a phenomenal band. One of oh, my yeah. favorites. Another, like you said, to the bat catalog. To the bat catalog. To the bat catalog. Another really amazing artist, uh, Rebecca Black. I'm not sure oh. if you're familiar with her, but guys, yeah, right. Um, 0.7 seconds. That's all we can do. <laughs> Rebecca Black. Yeah, I was ready. I was ready to start dancing in here. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Oh, I'm um, sorry. You were you were ready to start dancing? It's Friday, Friday. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know I've got a clip more than just noise. 0.7 seconds of that. You remember that uh, that song from 10 years ago that was a massive oh, yeah. hit that everyone loved? Um, it was yeah. – that, that song was – that was fun, Doug. Fun, 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 fun. <laughs> God damn okay. it. <laughs> Every time I hear that, it's, it feels like I'm partying. Partying, partying, yeah. <laughs> Sliding goes, here come the fence. Yep. <laughs> well, I actually remember when that song came out. Like, I think you and I were, like, working together. Weren't we, Justin, at the time? Uh, it was uh, – it came out the year before we started working together. Okay. But it because was like – I remember I was doing ClickVision TV, and we did a whole bunch of shit on that song. All right. There we go. Because yeah. I remember talking about that. With, I don't know if I was – maybe I was familiar with it. I don't know. But I remember definitely having a conversation with you about that song yeah. uh, when we started working Haunted together. 
But uh, that song, you know, massive thing. It happened. And then just <laughs> recently, as a 10-year anniversary, um, Rebecca Black came out with a remix of this. It's so funny. <laughs> so, so real quick, let me just remind everyone, here's how the here's how the chorus went in the original it's friday friday gotta get down friday here's how the remix sounds now i'm gonna say this i did not compress that at all i did not (laughs) alter the 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 audio at all that is the actual song and it is nightmare fuel well and in the music video she's performing it like it's like it's normal like <laughs> like she's not like a shrunken person like edited to be tiny or anything she's just like a normal human who's just like got a chipmunk voice yeah uh i watched it for the first time last night and uh i was like all right i'm i'm open to seeing what this is and i'm like this is just pitch shifted like what is this like it's faster it and she is got ridiculous outfit on with nails and it's just it's you know it sounds like she's like hey it was bad 10 years ago it's just as bad now and i'm just gonna have fun with it that's kind of like my happy take on it my positive take on it she's like oh man this is a meme i'm a meme there's memes in this video like you know whatever 303 appears in the moon like that like the bear in the big blue house character just like Mm -hmm. floating up in the sky yeah yeah it's unsettling. So I uh, I truly hope that she did this as a joke. Now I didn't I didn't think of it in that way, Doug. Where like she's got the meme heads in the video, and so maybe she was doing it like as a tongue in cheek thing. Like this is a meme. We got memes in the video. That's a really good take, and I'm really hoping because there's a part of me that's fearful that she went. I'm gonna make this song better, and here's what it sounds like. I'm worried that she thinks that's better. I don't think that she thinks it's better. (laughs) Thank God. Because as strange as this sounds, I've been subscribed to Rebecca Black on YouTube. Tell me more. For quite some time now. This just in, Austin. (laughs) Reno has been subscribed to, to Rebecca it. Black. <laughs> so she has, honestly, she has made music that is like not that terrible. Because <laughs> let's face it, when you make something, terrible. that's the quote you want to. This is not that <laughs> terrible. You know, that's yeah, what you want to hear. Like, I'm not here to talk shit about this or anything like that. And I'm, de- I'm not going to say that it's like great value, Selena Gomez. Nothing like that. <laughs> But, but it's not, it hasn't been terrible. And so whether, you know, no matter how anybody feels about it, I think that Friday catastrophe still made her career nonetheless. And, uh, and I think that she was just paying a 10 year homage to the thing that blew her up and she got some other big artists on it. And she was like, I don't really care about this anymore. So I'm just going to make fun of myself. We're going to ramp this thing up to a thousand. Right. And friggin' just turn the tempo dial up, and yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, I think if you got it, because she's twenty three now, so that means she was thirteen when that rec when that single dropped, the original Friday. Like that's 
it's not going to be a good song. <laughs> it's thirteen year old putting out a fucking song. Her parents paid four thousand dollars to what is it, Arc Music or whatever it was. Yeah, and uh, you know they they churned out some weird bubblegum poppy. It's what a thirteen year old you know got to well, go downstairs, got to like... eat cereal. Like it, it, it is what it is. <laughs> Chinese you know? food makes me sick. You know, don't please don't <laughs> Abercrombie make me... and Fitch. You know. <laughs> It should have been on like Nickelodeon. I, I must have gotten rid of that one. <laughs> you don't get rid of that, Justin. Nick gets rid of you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow I still have trapped, but I don't have. I love. That's how much I hate that song. I refuse to have it on the soundboard. I'm sorry. I got angry. Please continue. <laughs> no, Justin. Let's talk about you and your anger issues. <laughs> I'm lost right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, anyway. you make a good point. A 13 year old. I mean, let's face it. There, there's, there are some prodigies out there, you know, that can make some good stuff at 13 that are wise beyond their years. But I remember By making large. <laughs> I remember me trying to make music when I was, I don't know, 15 or 16. Not good. Not good. Not good. Really not good. Really yeah. bad stuff. So like for you to say no, or uh, Austin, that that at twenty three, like she's putting out music that's that's you know more decent or more listenable, that doesn't surprise me. And I'm actually I'm happy for her if that's the case. You know, like yeah. she because she, she caught enough shit when she was thirteen years old. Yeah, by like the time kids she had the that most older than YouTube her video. too. Right, and that, and that was the thing. I was like, they should have put this out on on the friggin' Tune Disney or like something like Playhouse Disney or something because uh. Because they right, just right. they didn't put it anywhere but on YouTube, and so yeah. and then from there it was just like, whatever she was in like seventh grade or whatever, all yeah. of the high school kids were just decided to shit right. on her. Well, they just they chummed the water is what it was, and they went here you go internet, <laughs> yeah, have at it. Like they did, they they filled yeah. a bucket with all of the innards <laughs> and and just launched it off off the side of the boat. Yeah. Yeah. I, I look at that as, you know, one of those things where I think she, she handled it relatively well. I think like the money that she earned, I think she donated to her school. Um, and like, she was like, I think she fully owned that. Like, yeah, this is just a thing that I did and (laughs) I'm okay with it. You know, like I, 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 yeah, people obviously were shitting all over it, but you know, like, what are you going to do? It's a shitty song. Oh, well fully agree with that. Austin. What's that? Blame the parents. Of course. Of course. <laughs> I'm sure the parents did that. There was nothing uh our daughter want there was nothing altruistic about that. They were like, this is gonna be our cash cow. Yeah, hundred percent. I don't know. I kinda look at it as something like maybe she's like, I think it'd be fun to make a music video. It's like, we've got four thousand dollars, let's do it. You know, and they just sort of like <laughs> me, maybe went full throttle. Let me put this out there. If Natalie wanted to do something like that, mm-hmm. I feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like you love your daughter enough to be like, Natalie, I love you. This is dog shit. Let's get, let's, let's work on this. So you put out something quality. I'd be like, listen, there's only one place we're going to get to film this and that's two East eighth productions. Okay. We're going to do this right. Okay. <laughs> we're going to do this right. We're going to have uncle Justin. And Uncle Drew come by, and we're going to film this. We're going to do this the right way. And I'm going to be in it. That's in my writer. She's like, I don't know what you're talking about. What writer? I'm like, it's in my writer. You're going to be the guy. There was a guy in Rebecca Black's music video who had like a 10-second rap verse. And yeah. like sitting in the car or whatever. Yes. You're going to be that guy. Yeah. 
Well, that's the thing too. Is like I'm Which willing to also, bet she and I could do better. <laughs> I would say I would say that's a chance. The gauntlet's been thrown down. <laughs> I feel like you know with Austin as our producer. And uh, I've got two East Eighth doing the music video. I think we can make something pretty, pretty hot, man. We can do this. I think we can make it happen. <laughs> I fully oh, yeah. agree with this. Yeah, we, we could do it better right now. Natalie, get up. We're doing this. <laughs> Wake up, kid. We're writing a song <laughs> on Twitch. <laughs> She's five, by the way. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, hey, Texas is oh. in the chat. Hey. What's up, Mr. Tex? Good to see you, pal. Thanks for stopping by. Good to see you. Um, but yeah, I, uh, you know, I, I commend A wild her. Tex appears. A wild Tex appears. Everyone's like, oh yeah. shit, it's Tex. Um, yeah, I think, I look at it as it's, uh, you know, I commend her. I, you know, for, there's a lot of things where people kind of capitulate under the virality of, uh, you know, of, of what, what falls bomb. And I always feel like she's kind of like, eh, we good to do. She shrugged it off. No big deal. Yeah. She moved on. And then as a way to kind of be like, yeah, 10 years since I did this. Here you go. Right. Here's another thing. Look, it got it. her, it got her into a Katy Perry music video. Like it, it did serve its purpose it to kind of, oh, that's right. she, 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 it opened the door. She got in, you know, for, yeah. for however big or small she is at this point, she got the door got open. So yeah. it, it served its purpose. Yeah. So, Kudos to her. It's, it's an unfortunate door to walk through, but it did. It, <laughs> sure. It was well, a door. door. It's all right. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I guess that's a good question. Would you rather? Here we go. Would you rather? We got a question for the podcast from Tex. Let's say you get your own name brand of chips. What flavor are they? They will be mass produced. <laughs> good question. Good what flavor? Question. I mean, you can go simple, right? You just go cheese, you know, but. Um, I gotta go some sort of a sour cream and onion. I'm a, I'm a. If it's the ultimate all time is Dorito Cool Ranch. Um, but if Wait, it's not that, it's some sort of a sour cream and onion. I'm, I mean, Justin, we Wait, don't, we're, not, we're not in seventh grade anymore. All right, I think we can graduate past past Cool Ranch chips. He said, "Let's say you get your own name <laughs> brand of chips. What flavor are they? They will be mass produced. Buffalo, hundred <laughs> percent. Buffalo." Like water. that's spicy. Would you say water? His would be pepper spray and CS gas. <laughs> it's a bag you can rip open when your guests won't leave. <laughs> <laughs> well played, sir. Well played. Once you, you just can't stop. <laughs> don't nice. make don't make me get the chips, old man. <laughs> Get out or I'll open up the chips. <laughs> oh shit. Dad's dad's getting the chips. He's serious this time. <laughs> Tuna fish. <laughs> Tuna fish. <laughs> Tuna fish flavored lays. <laughs> oh my god. Oddly enough, they smell like Fritos when you open them up. Because <laughs> I, prefer, I prefer my miracle whip lays. <laughs> Lays, pre uh, Lays presents. Trout. <laughs> Lays oh, presents microwave trout. Uh, <laughs> broccoli and hard boiled eggs. Oh god! Uh, I was gonna say like scrambled eggs would be <laughs> scrambled eggs. Go. Scrambled eggs flavored chips. Oh. <laughs> Full English flavored. It tastes like a plate of uh, refried beans and uh, sausage. And, yeah, haggis. 
some haggis oh. flavored <laughs> chips. <laughs> That'll do it. That'll get it going. Vitamin water. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, question for you, Austin. Yeah. Would you rather have an opportunity like Rebecca Black, Ooh. where whatever you create will be seen and heard by many, but maybe not enjoyed <laughs> by many, but there's money at the end of that rainbow versus grinding it out, doing the good work that you're doing, but potentially seeing that your stuff may not be heard or appreciated on such a mess scale. What would I'd you sell, do? sell out in a heartbeat. Sell in a heartbeat? <laughs> Why? Yeah. That answer I, came real quick. I, I've, I've been on the sellout train. Been working on it for years. <laughs> toot toot, motherfucker. <laughs> I'm, working, I'm working towards selling out. Just have to wait until I can. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, no, sell out in a heartbeat. Because at that point, I mean, that's just nothing but resources. I don't care no. what anybody says. If you... you you know at the end of the day you want to have something that you're proud of at this point i'm 25 i've made a lot of stuff that i'm proud of i'll make some shit that i'm not proud of get a fat (laughs) paycheck have a way cooler studio way nicer house way better all this stuff and then make some kick-ass tunes and content down the road sell out in a heartbeat easy i i respect that you know um yeah i think that that makes uh, that <clears throat> I'm pondering it. It One may not, ponder, it might not be a popular opinion, but mm-hmm. I would sell out. It, I really would. I feel I like that's, that's a lot of, but that's that's. I think that's a uh, a good business model in the sense that a lot of bands like look at John Mayer. His first two three albums were like super sugar pop. Uh, they were just like teeny, but like he he pulled his audience in through mainstream, which a lot of critics were like, all right. And then once he got his audience, he went, he did the John Mayer trio and went, all right, now let me melt your faces off and show you what I can do. And so and he, now he I'm playing with the grateful around. dead, you know, <laughs> exactly right. He can. So he, he, that, that is a very viable route to go. I think, I think you're right. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't necessarily think that like every, uh, I don't think selling out means you have to have a Rebecca Black uh, type of <laughs> situation because I don't think that those John Mayer songs are bad. I think that's still good music. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Agreed. So, yeah, yeah. So, but it's I mean, it's very very mainstream pop though. Yes, correct. And I mean, I at some point, if you want to do something as a career, you're going to have to make smart business choices. You can be a, you can make great music and be a broke musician forever or you can make you can be a smart musician and make business choices in order to further your chances of actually having a career in something that you want to end up doing as opposed to it just being a hobby so that's a good point i think i've heard some stuff like from movie directors too right i've I've heard uh, i think who was it soderbergh maybe was the one or i can't remember but one of them was basically like i do a movie for me and I do a movie for the studios and then I do a movie for me and then I do a movie for the studios basically being like that's how he alternates he's like I'm gonna get paid I may not love what I have to do but I'm gonna do it so I have the resources to do what I want or it was uh oh god what's her name uh Glenn Close was like yeah I'll do Guardians of the Galaxy uh I'll be in that movie I'll get paid an assload of money and then uh I'll do whatever I want (laughs) 
yeah. after well, that. You, like... know, uh, you know, B.O.B. who did that uh, the with that song with Haley Williams, the airplane song. Yeah. So he like is the most underrated artist in my opinion ever because he has been in like a rock band and stuff and done all of these awesome music projects all the while releasing like the airplane song and stuff like that so i mean like it's just a balance i mean he finds something that you like to do and you're good at but then also find how you're gonna you know succeed in in your career path and give you those opportunities to continue doing what you want to do and sometimes that can catapult into something else like um you know sugar ray uh, a band that was known for their heavier music earlier on in their career then came out with some very pop friendly content there you go exactly uh, uh and they literally released an album called 1459 acknowledging that like our 15 minutes of fame is running out and you know mark mcgrath parlayed that into being a like reporter entertainment stuff like they you know like they were able to be like we understand what this is we're gonna take advantage of it and we're gonna go on and do other things and you know i don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with that text says something interesting he says be careful what you sell it cannot be bought back again i can uh i can make a mountain of regrets i live at the top of that hill Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> fair point fair point text um noah says al city does this as well um you know, it's, it's, yeah, I think there's a combination for it. And, and I think there's nothing wrong with making something that's commercially viable. I remember uh, in college, this person had this insufferable idea that there were bands out there who, once they were kind of on the cusp of like making it, would break up and then start new bands because they just refused to like <laughs> sell out. And I was like, I mean, hey, to each their own, but yes. Okay. I mean, that seems so, yeah. That's that's so backwards. that's a pretty yeah. uh, radical sort of artistic viewpoint that you know you're just it, the purest core of it is like we're here to make music we're not here to make money I'm like all right I mean I guess um, I now see you can you can take that um, and shove it right exactly <laughs> next topic <laughs> <laughs> you could no but you can take that and you can you can look at it the opposite way too because someone that drew and i filmmakers that drew and i look up to the duplis brothers uh they have very much they've they've, they've even said like we've been approached to do like marvel movies and movies of that size uh of like from different movie houses and we've turned them down every time because we could spend two years or three years doing that one movie or in this in one year of our time we can churn out three movies you know so yeah. Three, three years for one movie or one year for three movies or seven movies or however much like basically if we do what we want to do we can move more nimbly and we get to maintain control over what it is and mm -hmm. you know one could argue that the duplass brothers are successful they've made a career a, a living where they're supporting their families and they've got you know uh, moderate fame and and they're at the end of the day they can say to their kids i'm happy with pretty much everything i've put out there um but they may never hit that astronomical level of success that people look at. So, you know, for someone like that though, they were able to, they were able to find happiness in not selling out and not doing the bigger thing. Sure. Yeah. And it's like, I, I think that I don't even, 
really see it as like how I see it is at the end of the day, the most important and fun thing that I could be doing with my time is, is making music. Right. So absolutely. Right. And if, and to me, a version of selling out would be like making ringtones or, you know, like something like that. (laughs) Like it's like, it's, it's a, it's a career type of thing to where if like, if I could, put out you know the music that i'm proud of and that i want to that's great but if i could have a career making ringtones i would probably do it because it just means i get to play around with music equipment all day either way you know so definitely a correlation between using the same skills to do what you love maybe just not doing what you love like it's in the ballpark right it's the same sport like right you get to make music maybe not the music you want to make but you still get to make it and that funds your ability to make the music that you want to make like that's better than being like hey go sell some copiers and then when you're done go make music like you know i think i think it depends on the person though true like i I think think that not everyone's some people may see that as hell and just be like i am caught in absolute hell using the thing that you can that you can do and almost almost doing the thing that you want to do but not quite like that might be you know just look at rudy no yeah. we're not bringing up rudy. look at rudy we're not bringing up that movie do you want to bring up rudy again we'll talk about it for the 60th time if you want no, austin okay. do you like the movie rudy starring sean austin it's been a I think. hot second to be honest with you yeah it's been a hot second since I've seen Rudy. Yeah, it's not a it's, good movie. It's the one with the dude from Lord of the Rings, right? That's right. It's it stars Samwise Gamgee. You're right. That's right. Also from Stranger Things. Yes. R.I.P. Um, but you know, <laughs> yeah, Rudy's a frequent topic on on the show about uh, how it's flawed logic and it's not a good movie, but that's cool. But and I just, off, yeah, and I... after a, re- a recent viewing of it, also really creepy, really creepy, like. Back in the day, I was like, here's here's a guy who's got dedication. But upon rewatching it, I'm like, this guy is obsessed and in not a good way. Because I tell you who this guy's not. He's not Michael Jordan. He does not have the talent to be this obsessed about something he's mm, barely okay at. Like, it's, Yeah, because he was bad at football, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, he was just, he had more heart than anybody, but he didn't have the skill. And I was like, you're doing the wrong thing, pal. Do something good at what he what we should have seen give up we should have seen Austin gets it (laughs) finally someone gets it fuck him I don't know we should I I would have loved to have seen him just make a career out of being a ringer for high school football because he was short enough so like he could just be like recruited by high schools and what? on that level, he, he could just swamp. Yeah, I yes. think yeah. he's a teeny guy. Yeah, he was only like two foot four, <laughs> so he could womp on high school field. He could womp. We have an interesting uh, recommendation in the uh, in the in the chat here. Justin, do you want to play uh, the song that goes along with me disliking things? Stuff is stupid. Stuff is dumb. Doug hates stuff. So that's. <laughs> that's a song that Justin wrote for me because I get very opinionated about a lot of things, and usually it's things I don't like. So whenever that comes up, uh, he plays that song. That was and, fire, uh, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That means a lot coming from you. Thank yeah. you. Did you produce that yourself? I did. 
I did. Uh, we need a collab. All right. right. Yeah. So well, this, this goes right to what Doug was just about to say from the yeah, chat. Slotty says we need an Austin Reno remix of Doug Hate Stuff. So, oh. you know, just put it out there, you know. All right. I mean, we might be able I'll to send, make that happen. I'll send you the file. The You'll file. be the only one that has it. a file. He's given that file to no one else, even though they requested it. He guards it very tightly. So a lock and key. That's a big I'm one. People are like, it, "Hey, uh, where can I download that?" He's like, "Shut up!" And he doesn't. He just, like he doesn't give it to him. You know. I'm gonna make it very synth wavy. I'm nice. I'm, I'm all for it. I'm here. I'm just gonna soak it in reverb and add a bunch of synths and speed it up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so at the we'll end of the day, it's gonna sound Spotify. like this. Yep, I, yeah. I can hear it already. Yeah, Noah says tune mail. Yeah, this is basically tune mail, right? <laughs> <laughs> we send you something to spruce up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Good stuff, good stuff. Forgot about tune mail. <laughs> what is tune mail, for those who don't know? It's a business I started. That uh, you go to the tunemailco.com and you upload, you choose a genre template you want, you click on it, you upload your own lyrics, uh, and uh, perfect for birthdays, anniversaries, holidays in general. Mm -hmm. uh, Other celebratory and then, yeah, and you you check out, you you pay me thirty bucks, and uh, within five to ten business days, you get a personalized thirty to forty-five second song in your inbox with the lyrics that you write. That's awesome. That's really I cool. Like it. Well, that's something else y'all need to get the fuck on. All right, go all right. hop on it. Hop on it, y'all. We struggling out dicks. here. We need it. <laughs> How cool is that? You go to someone you like, or maybe even someone you hate, and be like, "Hey, here's a song that was produced right. specifically for you." Right. I encourage the hate songs, actually. I think it'd be funny. People sending diss tracks around to everybody. Just... Right? Yeah. <laughs> but you just do it to the tune of, like, Mad World. You know, it's very somber. Just piano. It's like, everywhere I see your face, your yeah. stupid fucking face, and I just want to punch it to the t floor. I don't know, I'm not good at this, all right? I'm not good, you know? That wasn't bad. Oh, yeah. I thought it was kind of nice. Thank you. Hey, uh, you know, musical improv. Bah, 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 bah. You know, <laughs> that's that's how that works. <laughs> do you like Bo Burnham, either of you? I do love Bo Burnham. That dude's awesome. Huge fan. He's incredible. Yeah. I don't know why I thought of that just now, but both of the his movies that are on Netflix, I've mm -hmm. watched them a billion times. I freaking love them. He's, uh, I, yeah, I forget what was one of his most recent specials where he just his stuff is so well done it's just like yeah, his no. musical stuff and very real very visceral i really He's i really like it all around like that he he embodies just creativity he's just a very artistic guy and just like i i to be as funny as he is as talented musically as he is to have an eye for film like he does like it's one of those people where you just look at him and you're like man good for you but also fuck you precisely yeah <laughs> i feel inspired every Why are you time so good? i watch one of those movies and i'm just like oh, yeah i just want to do absolutely what bo burnham just did actually yeah <laughs> that's really impressive copycat i gotta look up uh what was the um what were the movies that he did i know eighth i've grade. seen at least one of them eighth, eighth grade, grade one of them. was the one yeah 
Yeah, that one I saw. Oh, he was in Promising Young Women. He was in an episode then, of Correct too. Yes, he was. Uh, well, Christ, on all right, hold it here. Go IMDb. This shall take me to my the promised land. You think so? Oh, oh, I know so. Uh, the director. <laughs> Eighth grade. Uh. uh. Oh, he's only directed one film. Interesting. I thought he did two. Great. You both are fucking liars. Cool. Thank you for lying to everyone that he's done more than one movie. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so also, I have a question for you. If yeah. you could have one of your songs as like used in a commercial or used in a movie or used by a director or something like that, which song would you want to be used and for what would you like it to be used? The song um, is not released yet. Oh, okay. But I think it would be really tight to have a song play in the credits of like Stranger Things or something. Ooh, that would be cool. Oh, that'd be better. Uh, the EP that I, that is going to come out soon is kind of like a kind of like an eighties poppy synthy type of vibe. Nice. And, uh, it just kind of and obviously like Stranger Things has that vibe you know what i'm saying so mm -hmm. i don't know it'd be cool to just like have one of those songs in the credits of like a cool tv show or something yeah i uh i dabbled in music supervision for a minute uh i was a music supervisor in indie film a couple indie projects and things like that and one of my favorite things to do is to find music and put it in scenes like that's like my absolute favorite thing to do I'm, I'm an instructional designer that's my day job and part of the thing that I do is I make content and what's great is that internal content that I make I can use whatever I want as far as music goes because it's not going anywhere so uh, I, I I will endlessly search for the perfect song the perfect track to use uh, for different things actually used a hot mulligan song to do uh, a little trailer that I made uh, you know for stuff which was pretty cool and I'm constantly like when I hear music, I'm constantly thinking about, oh, where would this fit in visually with something or where, you know, would this be a commercial? Would this be like a pivotal scene in a movie? Would it be like opening credits end credits? Like what would the music video look like? And I'm just constantly thinking about how that stuff applies and how cool it would be to be like, oh, shit. This is like that pivotal scene and like where the athlete is just like getting pumped up and he's like training and then my song is playing in the background while he's doing that. Or this is moment where these the two main characters are falling in love and your your love song is playing in the background and it's like then it swells and they kiss. You're like, that's my shit. Woo! You know, like to have like those pivotal moments, I think would be really, really cool. When you're yeah. writing a song, do you do you see the music video as you're writing it? Like, do you have an idea? Or, or not even the music video specifically, but like, do you, do you just get imagery in your head when you're writing a song? Like, like the story that the song is telling, are you seeing it play out from a, from a visual standpoint? Sometimes. And I mean, probably more often than I pay attention to. Um, sometimes if I'm writing a song, I can kind of like, I can definitely see the imagery of where I, I feel like the song would be taking place. Uh, like mm -hmm. I just did one that felt a lot like uh, uh, standing on the street corner in a city while it's snowing. Nice. So that was like kind of visually what that felt like. Um, and then other times it's just a lot of 
random things but especially while you're writing i think you try to uh like think of interesting um like imagery and things that bring on like feelings when you when you hear certain words and you can kind of feel like you know like when you say the word juicy strawberry you can almost taste it you know what i mean yeah yeah try try to like when you're trying to come up with with those like metaphors and things like that i think you automatically get taken to places that like create those um things yeah (laughs) i think wap is one of those songs that really i think kind of (laughs) takes you to a place I can and taste like, that. You know, you right. like I can I can taste that. I can feel that. Like I, I know I know I have a feeling that, that visually when that was getting when that was getting written, that's exactly what that's was it. happening. Yep. I, I need to call my mom. <laughs> I, was like, I think we broke him. Pot of macaroni. That's right, Slotty. <laughs> that's literally. It's so funny because you were so like. It seemed like. <laughs> You were just so serious and so interested in what I was, I was saying, and then, and then you were just like, honestly, like I think WAP is one of them. Oh my god, that's that is that is Doug improv right there. That's like, kind of my classic delivery. Let's try to keep that yep. straight face. He catches you off guard like that. <laughs> Cheers to that one, dude. Well played. Thank you. <laughs> when I, uh, I when I'm what I don't often write songs, but. Uh, I've, in my day, I have written a couple, and when I do, there's usually one like piece of imagery that I always come back to when I try to write it, and um, <clears throat> it's 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 a very specific uh, location. It's actually it's an arena, hmm. and inside the arena are these two usually faceless just entities that are uh, getting ready to battle to the death. And every time I write the song, it comes out the same, and it kind of sounds like this. Yeah. Seamless. Well done, sir. And also, for anyone who doesn't know, Tex, who's just in our chat, that was his voice. Those smooth, sultry, warm tones. That was Why his do you voice. guys keep doing this to me? Why am I here? <laughs> hey, do you want to write a throwdown tune? By all means, Austin. We'd love to have it, man. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm, I'm down. I'll send you guys something. <laughs> I'm definitely going to scream in it, though. <laughs> Yes! Now we're talking. <laughs> you know what we need? We need an intro to the segment that we keep trying to come up with that we call The Minute. Oh. And I would love it if the intro to The Minute was longer than a minute. <laughs> I think that, to me, would be endlessly amusing. Well, I'll write a, I'll write something for your Rudy segment. Oh, yes! Because that? that is bound to come up again. <laughs> 30 seconds with Rudy. He should have quit. The end, you know? (laughs) Yeah. All right, Justin. (sighs) You ready, Dougie? I'm ready. All right. This week's throwdown is between Dwight Schrute from The Office versus Ron Swanson from Parks and Rec. All right. We've got two guys that I know exist and I've kind of watched some of each of these shows. So, Justin, break them down. Well, let's start with uh, with Mr. Ronald Swanson. Um, Ron is uh, the um, director of the Parks Department of Pawnee, Indiana. Uh, he is an avid outdoorsman. 
Uh, he um, also leads the Pawnee Rangers. Uh, he is very adept at uh, weaponry and survival skills, lives in the woods, has a few cabins, um, hunts, fishes, uh, can drink most people under the table. Um, what else? He, he eats like no other. He drinks like no other. He fucks like no other. He's Ron Swanson. <laughs> these are facts. He's, these are facts, yes. Um, nice. One time ordered all the eggs and bacon you have and then pulled the guy back and said, I'm afraid you misheard what I said. I'm afraid you heard give me a lot of eggs and bacon. And what I said was give me all the eggs and bacon you have and then proceeded to eat it. <laughs> uh, Dwight Schrute uh, actually Austin do you want to give the uh, the bio for Mr. Schrute take a crack at it Dwight Schrute is a paper salesman he's a farmer small town uh, family farmer sells beets he's a uh, you know, also would claim to be quite the outdoorsman, a survivalist, has all kinds of lists for apocalyptic events, who would have to eat who in that apocalyptic <laughs> event, um, you know, head. has uh, shelters, he's got uh, a spud gun under his desk, he drives a Trans Am, um, he is dangerous. But also, kind of sweet. <laughs> I love that. He's dangerous, but kind of sweet. Not unlike John Wayne Gacy. And ends, ends up being a black belt at, at the end of things. Finally got his black belt after wasting a bunch of time and money. Um, but it's essentially a children's black belt. But uh, <laughs> a black belt nonetheless. He also has his own currency. Shroot bucks were around That's for a true. bit. I did. That's I know true. that part. I contributed. Yes. Ron Thanks, has Doug. an unknown amount of gold buried in in <laughs> many many places. <laughs> By all counts, an astronomical amount of money. <laughs> yeah, he, like an endless supply. It sounds like right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, uh, he bought fifty one percent of Lagavulin Distillery. <laughs> in, right. In the... <laughs> it's true. Uh, a dull moment does say he goes. I think the biggest obstacle is going to be getting Ron to care enough about being part of this fight. Because <laughs> what do you think would get Ron riled up enough to fight Dwight? Like Dwight would have oh, to say something that would instigate this. If Dwight unknowingly swapped out his steak for beets, Ooh. that would be enough. Ooh, he'd be like, "No, that's a beet steak. Support local beet farmers." <laughs> I'm sorry, son. What did you say? <laughs> Beats, beats are the future. Beats. Yeah, or uh, beats are the future. What's that? So there was the other Ron uh, that was around for a little while. Who was? What's that dude's name? Uh, Sam Elliott. Oh, Sam Elliott. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Well, so Elliott. Anything vegetarian? He's like, as, as long as you guys are open to communal living. And, uh... <laughs> I love the playoff those two. I love those two. Oh. Ron I feel Swanson like would kick Dwight's ass, so <laughs> <laughs> like it's not even a question. I mean, look at the build. <laughs> we really 
honest to God, we spent so time, so much time last night figuring that you were going to lean a hard into Dwight and that I was going to have to work <laughs> to get Ron up there. But no. I'm totally in your camp. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. what, what if Dwight had some sort of contraption or something? You know, like, it, obviously, it comes down to straight physicality. I don't expect Dwight to be able to do much. But does Dwight have the crazy sort of, like, you know wild inventor possibilities is he clever enough or cunning enough to have like something on his body to uh, that would give him the edge in a fight i don't know I, ron swanson's got I guns think... man. <laughs> ron swanson's got guns bows and arrows he's very adept at this kind of stuff at hunting and ambushing trapping yeah. uh i think the thing with dwight is that he would set something up but it would almost certainly backfire on him gotcha. that's the kind of guy dwight is all right. And that's and that's yeah. in the office. That's kind of how Dwight plays out. Because I think that when they were making those shows, it's like Dwight and Ron were kind of supposed to be like parallels, kind of because they're kind of set up the same. Whatever they're supposed to be similar, but it doesn't often backfire on Ron. Ron is literally just a badass for like most of the show, and Dwight yeah. just kind of like tries to be a badass, but looks like an idiot for the whole show. You know? Yeah. And I know Slotty said that uh, Dwight has Moe's as backup. Ron has his mustache. <laughs> so there's that. Cancels him out. Cancels Moe's out. Yeah. Yeah, I um, think Ron Moe's would uh, definitely physically just beat the living shit out of Dwight. Yeah, I do think that Drew brings up a good point where you'd have to get Ron, because Ron would probably go, I want nothing to do with this small man, like, <laughs> or this weird man. Yeah. Ron would you'd have to get Ron involved, but if he got involved, it'd be lights out for Schrute. I yeah. definitely think, yeah. Um, unless Dwight could bring Tammy into the equation, Tammy mm -hmm. too. That would well, be. It depends on if it's post Ron gets married to his new wife or pre Ron that's, gets married. Because I think he's true. Got, if Diane got Tammy under control and Diane is around, he's got Tammy on lock. But that's a great point. So really. Ron's kryptonite is minimal. Yeah, that's a fair point. So, I, okay, so are we, we saying it? I think that maybe it it's all come down to timeline here, but I think first episode of Parks and Rec, Ron Swanson against first episode Dwight Schrute from The Office, I think we've got a battle. But if we're yes, talking about like season agreed. finale against season finale... <laughs> Dwight's dead every time. <laughs> Dwight, yeah. Without even without even blinking an eye. So I think we're saying Ron Swanson for the win. Well done. Is what happens to Dwight after Ron murders him. Yeah, because your yeah. body voids all of the bowels when you die. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, it's true. Because that's 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 how that works. That's true. Oh, uh, wow. So, Austin, we did it. We made it through this. You were a trooper. We were so happy you were here. This has been an absolute delight. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Thank you guys for having me. It's been a pleasure, to say the least. <laughs> Thank we'll you so much. again in a heartbeat. Yes! I was going to say, you're always welcome back. This, is, this has been awesome. And um, this is the part where... We just want to roll out the carpet for you to uh, plug anything you got to plug, recommend anything you got to recommend. Uh, the floor is yours, my friend. All right. Well, as said before, everybody can 
follow me at Austin Reno on all social media and stuff. Got a bunch of music all over the internet and on the streaming platforms. New EP is probably going to be out sometime in the summer. Uh, pop, poppy stuff. Um, I've been watching a lot of Forged in Fire lately. So they make knives. It's like a oh. knife making competition show. Cool. Um, also, always watch Survivor. Um, <laughs> Attack on Titan is great. Nice. Um, all right. Did, cool. me if I'm wrong. <laughs> didn't didn't Forged in Fire also do an episode where one of them made Mjolnir? I beg your pardon, Mjolnir. The the Thor Thor's hammer. Didn't they have an episode where they forged Thor's hammer? I I couldn't. Say. I saw some show do that, but I I thought maybe it was that one. I no, I don't. I don't recall them making Thor's hammer, but okay, I'll have to do my research on that. Some yeah. show did it. I know thanks, that. Thanks I know for I killing the vibe. It. Thanks for killing the vibe, Justin. Well, no, hey just Doug, research and get back to me and Doug and. Yeah, why don't you fax us your response in the next 72 hours and, uh, you know, we'll double check and we'll we'll make sure it's all cool. We'll put a pin in that. Yeah, we'll put a pin in that. We'll come back to it later. Justin, what do you got to recommend? Hold on. I'm I'm researching now. I don't <laughs> have time. Fine. I'll go. Uh, I'm super late to the game on this, uh, but you all should check out The Last Dance on Netflix. It's the documentary about uh, Michael Jordan and the Bulls. Uh, it is phenomenal. It is, it is so, so good. good. I'm not a huge sports person. I'm not a huge basketball person. I do remember the Bulls as I was growing up, and it is an amazing show that really provides some insight into Michael Jordan, and you realize how different a human being he is than anyone else. Just not only just what he can do, but his mentality is something I will never comprehend because... I don't understand that level of competitive nature and what this guy was able to do, the drive he was willing to and able to create for himself to be great is just something I'll never understand. I'll never, never quite get. But at the same time, I feel inspired when I watch the show. I'm like, man, if I even had just like a tenth of what Michael Jordan has, I wonder where I would get. <laughs> I wonder what I could do if I could just cling on to just a little bit of that. So. So cool! It's such a good show. Uh, check it out on Netflix. The Last Dance. It's it's really good. Justin, what do I you liked, got? I like the Dennis uh, Rodman part. Of yes, it was so great because you get to see all these different. I love the way that they yeah. they do it timeline, but like with Pippen, with Rodman, with like all those guys. Yeah. Like it's it's so cool. It's such a cool way to take a look at that time frame. It was so good. Justin, yes, uh, it might have been MythBusters based on what I'm see, seeing here. So That's maybe. False. That was it. I don't know. I we all know it. Mjolnir was forged in the heart of a dying star, Justin. Get it right. Read a book. I'm so, Read a book. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to recommend a documentary on HBO Max called Black Art in the Absence of Light. Uh, it's a documentary that goes through uh, the history of black artists, and Ooh. it is really fascinating. Uh, and there are some insanely talented artists, and I found... Uh, one of my new um, uh, my new favorite photographers uh, based off of this um, guy who lived back uh, back in the day um, uh, in New York, um, uh, James Vander Zee, I think his name was. Um, really cool. I'm glad I found this, and uh, I would just say it it gives a whole new uh, take on the world of fine art um, and cool. art in general. So give give that a look. Nice. 
That's awesome. Also, don't forget to forget to get to go. Don't forget to give MindGap a look on all our social medias at MindGap Podcast. Check out our YouTube channel. We post all of our videos there as well as highlights from our streams. Don't forget to check us out at Twitch, twitch.tv slash mindgappodcast. We record our podcast live Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. Central, and we do our video game podcast Saturday nights at 8 p.m. Central. So check us out there. And Justin also exists in the digital realm. Yes, on Instagram and Twitter at Justin underscore Michael, spelled M-I-K-E-L. It's the fun way of spelling it. And while you're in the all-men realm, check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, uh, Verbal, V-U-R-B-L is a new one that's out there. You all should check out Verbal. Um, and uh, like, subscribe, share, rate, review, all those things. But sharing is the big one. If you can just copy the link, share it out to your friends, we would really appreciate that. Tell them that we're worth listening to because we love you. And that's what friends do for each other. And then 2east8th.com slash mindgap. And then just keep an eye on all 2east8th stuff. I have a very special announcement, by the way. Oh. The VFX for Sid Penrose are done. Yay! The The color correction for Sid Penrose is done. The audio mix for Sid Penrose is done. Sid Penrose is done. Yes! That's what I'm talking about. Congratulations. So, thank you. That is a, it was a huge win for us. Awesome. Finally. So, um, Guys, look for the yeah. release in 2022. It'll be great. <laughs> Can't wait to see this uh, short film finally get out there. We're, we're holding on to it to 2023. We want to make it a record for the we longest make sure it's, it gets... time in post-production for a short film we want to make sure that it gets out to theaters you know in the right theater circuit so 2023 when we feel like it'll be the best time we don't want to just right. dump it onto streaming you know it's, no, just, guys, it's not the way we want to do it yeah. <laughs> we want to make sure that the theaters get back yeah it's it's a whole thing so anyway um yes that's that was an exciting announcement so be on the lookout on all of two estate social medias uh for information about uh the release of that Awesome. Once again, Austin, thank you so much for joining us. It was delightful chatting with you. Thanks for hanging out with us tonight. Thank you, guys. Awesome. And also, don't forget to check out his music. Seriously, it's good stuff. I highly recommend it. It'll be entertained. It's good. Go check it out. You get this stamp of approval. So, yes. Blessings. Blessings. Do it. Uh, Justin, thank you. Douglas, thank you. Twitch, thank you. And listeners, thank you. And you all have a dandy fucking week. Mind Gap Podcast.